Well, it's National Marriage Week. It's starting on Wednesday. And this morning, we have a great guest to talk about marriage and growing in our marriage. She is a top marriage and parenting author and speaker who's written uh, many books with Dr. Gary Chapman and has appeared on many outlets, including here on Moody Radio Quad City. So we welcome back Arlene Pelican. Good morning, Arlene. Good morning. Great to be back with you. This is one of those uh, wonderful subjects that um, if you're thinking about getting married, you want to dig into, okay, how do we have uh, a, a successful marriage and maybe even set the goal of having a happy marriage? And for those of us who are married, how do we keep that going? So this is a wonderful mm-hmm. subject. Uh, what is what is Marriage Week? You know, How did that get started? What's the, what's the purpose of that? How did that get started? Yes, it was started in 1996 in the UK. And just think, you know, we have all these awareness kind of campaigns, whether it's National Ice Cream Day. It's like, oh, yay, let's go have some ice cream. (laughs) So this is the idea of National Marriage Week that, you know what, marriage gets a lot of bad press. You know, it's not really seen in social media as something that kids are trying to emulate. It's not like they're growing up like, I can't wait to be like this amazing husband and father, you know. So National Marriage Week is all about, hey, let us celebrate marriage. Let's work on our marriages. Let's show that marriage is a wonderful way to grow up, to grow old, to have children, mm-hmm. that it brings financial stability, healthier uh, healthier uh, longevity. You know, people who are married are financially more stable. They are happier. They are healthier. And these are all things that we don't necessarily hear. So National Marriage Week between February 7th through 14th, that is the week to say, you know what, let's put marriage in the spotlight and say, hey, this is a good thing for us, for our country, for our children after us. Tell us about the state of marriage today. Um, You kind of mentioned it, that we don't have a lot in our social media or just in the media in general that's lifting up the idea of getting married. Yeah, Um, we, yeah. We get these messages like, oh, you know, your marriage is going to end in divorce anyway, so why even bother? Like, why try doing that? And and yet the divorce rate is down since 1980. So they're looking at the number of newly divorced people per 1,000 people. And in 1980, it was 22. And in 2021, it was 13. So our divorce rate is down, but that could also correlate that less people are getting married. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, it, it's that you've mm-hmm. got to figure that as well. But statistics... Statistically, the marriage rate has fallen 65% since 1970. And what it means is moving forward that one in three young adults will never marry. So one in three. So you think Uh of like the three 20-year-olds you know, or maybe the three children you have or three grandchildren you have. And to think like, wow, one of them will never marry, never experience that. And you move that forward and you think, well, wait a minute, in the short term, that might sound like very liberating or freedom, you know, like, yay, I didn't have to have this ball and change or chain or responsibility. <laughs> but you move that forward and you think, wow, one third of the people in their 40s, 60s, 80s will not be married, not have a son or a daughter, not have kin. And if this is happening less, you know, there's less nieces and nephews and all that. And you can you can kind of picture out that's, that's not going to work well for a lot of people. That's going to be very lonely. So mm-hmm. for us to really say, hey, let's, let's look at this. And economically, this is not good to, uh, in terms of birth rate to, to repopulate that this is not good, you know, so, so Brad Wilcox out of the University of Virginia has got a new book called Get Married. And, and it really is that defy the cultural elite 
date, save civilization, and let's get excited about getting married again. Mm-hmm. So marriage, not to overgeneralize and to, yeah. to make it more stressful than it already is, but marriage really is the glue that holds our society together, isn't it? Yeah, so you kind of think of like the problems that plague us, you know, whether it is poverty or crime or, uh, you know, all, all these different things. You think, wait a minute, if there was a loving, stable mom and dad at the head of every family in America and you multiply that over, it is the it is the Ten Commandments, honor your father and mother that it may go well with you in the land. So yeah, what happens in the microcosm of our homes, it does make a difference. And you might think, well, this is just my home. How can this make a difference? But mm-hmm. you multiply that over and over and over again, and that will give you such, you know, a, a better and stable society. And, you know, they found that we're so into happiness right now, right? That it's like, well, my marriage wasn't making me happy and they're no longer my soulmate. They no longer complete me. You know, they are a subtraction right. in my life. So, you know, we're, we're out. And yet happiness is what people are chasing. And we think think our young people think, oh, college will do that or a fulfilling job will do that. And yet statistically, they find college gives you a 64% boost in happiness, a higher income than most, 88%, work satisfaction, 145%. You know, so these are pretty good. These are good Mm -hmm. boosts you're getting. But if you are just plain married, not even happily married, just plain married, you get a 141% boost. And if you're in a good marriage, you get a 545% boost in happiness. And so this is something really beautiful for people who are married to realize, wait a minute, I, with all my complaining, I, I should probably stop that because <laughs> I, if I look at this, I am really a lot happier than the general population. Okay. So we're going to learn how we can get that 500% boost now. What are some yes, practical w- ways exactly. that we can uh, grow in our marriage? And I love what you said earlier, Seth, that it doesn't have to be so difficult that you can think so at National Marriage Week, and you can find out more at marriageweek.org. It's this rhythm of connect daily, date weekly, and get away regularly. Mm. So you see, this is not rocket science. Connect daily. What does this mean? It means I am still interested in you. You are more interesting than my phone, and I will give you five (laughs) minutes of undivided attention to listen to you, to talk to you, that I'll be, I'll I'll connect with you daily. You know, we talk about the love languages a lot, and of course, we know so much about that through Dr. Chapman. So my husband is physical touch. I am words. So our connect daily looks like, oh, at the end of the day, I'll tickle your feet because that's what you like, give you a foot rub, and then we'll talk because that's what I like, you know, so you find these daily little check-ins that are rhythms. So make sure that you are walk around the block, sitting on the mm. couch, whatever it is that you have this daily tech-free connection. And then date weekly. That I, I love to tell people if you shoot for a weekly date, you'll probably get one or two a month and that'll be fantastic. Mm-hmm. And mm. so they show statistically if people will just date one to two times a month and 50% of 52% of married couples do that and 48% say they never date or just a few times a year. So if you will just date regularly, you'll get this 15% boost in happiness of hey, we communicate better, uh, our financial life is better, we're less likely to divorce, etc. So the date night what it does is it gives that novelty, you know, like do something different. Don't go to the same place every single time. Say, "Hey, next time we have to go to a restaurant we've never been to." Or 
hey, let's see how much food we can get for $25 somewhere. You know, you yes. can kind That's of fun. put some put some novelty into it, you know, and and do this. I heard someone say they went to the thrift store and they bought each other outfits and they had to like be the persona of the outfit that they bought. You know, so they're very <laughs> simple things to kind of That's infuse sweet. some novelty into mm-hmm. date night and then getting away regularly, you know, once a year, twice a year go somewhere, whether it's a very nice vacation or whether it's just you went 15 minutes and you stayed at a hotel in a nice, pretty spot of town, but but get away regularly. When you said get away regularly, how important, and I understand, you know, yeah, take off, go do something together. How important is it for, uh, in order to be happily together, to spend some time alone? Yes, it is of, of, I mean, without uh, the other person, not not both of you often alone, but I mean yeah, by yourself. Alone. Yeah, exactly. And this will depend on the person and your temperament. I think if you are an introvert and you need that time to recharge alone, then I think an alone day would be amazing. You know, I know people that take one day a month and they just say, I really need this day. And they will literally like go and be quiet and just go somewhere alone. And uh-huh. that completely stabilizes them and makes them so happy. But if you know, if you're two extroverts married together, you might not need that. So so the extrovert has to give grace to the introvert to say, oh, it's not that you don't like me. You just really need to recharge. Hey, that that might be a really good idea. You know, Arlene, you bring up something that I think is so important, how marriage grows us. To be yeah. able to get along with other people that don't yeah. agree a hundred percent on a hundred percent of things. What it's that so happens true. in a marriage? What? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you learn that to is... appreciate another person's point yeah. of view. Yeah, absolutely. That especially happens in a marriage, you know. And the <laughs> and the theme of Marriage Week is love beyond words, and that's the idea that you make this vow in sickness and in health, for better or for worse. In other words, when you agree with me, and when you don't agree with me, right. I will still be, still be with you. Yes. And love beyond words is uh-huh. I will keep that vow. I will faithfully keep that vow and back that up with actions. And you're right, compromise and like, okay, I'll see your way, and your way apparently is as valid as my way, which is hard to come to sometimes. <laughs> So how do we, you know, there's just so many good things. Mm -hmm. Uh, We could talk the entire program here about uh, the benefits of talking and being honest and communication, et cetera, and how to have a happier marriage. Um, How do we get more information, get, you know, get a hold of your publications and and, uh, even listen to your podcast? Yeah, so uh, marriageweek.org, marriageweek.org. You can find out specifically about National Marriage Week, and there are some amazing guides. Like there's this date night free guide that that has some of those ideas that I had mentioned on air that are very, very good. And then there's also a couple's connection plan that'll show you how to speak the five love languages, what to do when you're on a date, but you have nothing to talk about. You know, all those kinds of things is in that couple's connection plan. That's all free at marriageweek.org. And then I host a weekly Happy Home podcast where I have guests in talking about marriage and parenting. I just had Mitch Album on last year, which mm. I know you had him on mm-hmm. recently. So that's a great thing to listen to, Happy Home podcast. Awesome. Thank you so very much for all that you're doing. And thanks for spending some time with us this morning. It's a pleasure. It's been my joy. Thank you so much.